passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Uh, as far as the other stuff from this game, I guess we're starting with the third game. We'll get to the other two. Starling Marte leaves with a neck issue. It's concerning because Starling Marte always seems to have something. There's always like an injury connected to him. Uh, he's important to this lineup. Obviously, the big bats are important to this lineup, all of them. I, I think at this point, going into this four-game series against the Giants, I'd sit him for a couple of days. I don't even care if he says his neck is fine. I think give him a couple of off days. The Mets are off to a great start on this road trip. You need to make sure he's healthy. I give him a couple of days. I think Jeff McNeil better start getting used to playing the outfield because the emergence of Brett Beatty makes things a little bit easier. Eduardo Escobar still deserves some opportunity to play. He can play second base. Jeff McNeil can play the outfield. Kiorme can play second base. And Brett Beatty should just play every single day. He should just be out there every day. I'm okay with the sitting against Kershaw because it's Kershaw. He's one of the greatest left-handers in the history of the sport. You want to sit him there? I get it. But against other random lefties, and we've seen it in this series because he's faced a lot of lefties, just not Kershaw, put him out there against them. And I think to do that right now, Marte should sit for a couple of days. I got to be careful with Marte. No, absolutely. And Marte's a really, really good player. I wanted him in the Mets forever. I'm glad when they got him. But there's always something, like you said. There's always an injury. When he left today, you know, it was like they didn't tell you why. And it wasn't because he had to pay, you know, the parking meter. We found out he has a stiff neck, which, uh, okay, whatever that means. Give him a few days. Keep him rested. A guy like Marte, you just know going into the year, bro, that you're not getting the full slate from him. Well, so he's got to have, you know, we talk about load management in the NBA. Starling Marte, unfortunately, needs load management. That's think, what he needs. But think about this, and it's not just the stiff neck. It's Buck said something, and it's backed up by performance. Buck said he hasn't looked right the last few days. Now, full disclosure, Lugie would know better than anybody. A proud fantasy owner of Starling Marte. Yes. In fact, tried to trade him to me yesterday. I did. And I wonder why. Because yeah. go back to Sunday's game against Oakland. Starling Marte in Sunday's game against Oakland. Actually, before that. 
Saturday's game against Oakland. 0 for 3. I didn't look bad in this game, though, because he stole a base and he got robbed of uh, an amazing catch in that game. You go to Sunday's game. He was terrible. He was 0 for 4, grounded into a double play. He struck out. You go to the opener of this series. He was 1 for 5. You go to the second game in this series, and this is the real concern. 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. And then you go to this game before he was pulled. Two double play balls. Like, he hasn't hit. He hasn't looked great either as well, especially the last two days. But performance-wise, he hasn't been great. And sometimes that's just slumping. But Buck said it after the game. One of the rare times Buck said something, which was hasn't looked right the last couple of days. And I think that's a part of why it just makes sense. Give the guy a couple off days. You don't have to DL him, IL him. Just give him a couple of off days. No, absolutely. If he's struggling and he happens to have a stiff neck and it's convenient, you give him a few days. Look, he's been stealing bases. The bases are the size of the moon now, so it's not hard to necessarily steal a base. But if a guy like that's struggling, veteran guy, you don't want to embarrass him. So you say, yeah, yeah, his neck's a little stiff. We're going to give him a few days. Hopefully when he comes back, he's ready to rock. By the way, one quick thing on this third game, because it relates to something I wanted to get to, and we'll get to game one and game two, the Carrasco injury, the roster moves. So Adam Adovino ends up pitching the ninth inning. And I, I, I've said this many, many times. I love this. I'm still thrilled that Buck and other managers, Boone does it too, they go to their quote-unquote closer, really their best pitcher, against best hitters, not necessarily by the inning. And for whatever reason, David Robertson's luck, it seems like he's being used in the eighth inning more than the ninth inning just because of the order. I mean, you go back to the finale of this series, game three against the Dodgers, David Robertson came up against the heart of the order. He's facing Freddie Freeman. Yeah, you want David Robertson. I think we'd all agree he's their best reliever. Oh, without a doubt. Okay. So he comes in, gets into trouble, gets out of it. Adam Adovino is now pitching the ninth inning. Adam Adovino has always been, last year definitely, but throughout his career, a guy who you want against right-handed hitters. That's who you want. Aaron Boone used to say it. That's the lane for Adam Adovino. So he's faced lefties this season. In fact, there have been 14 at-bats lefties have taken against Adam Adovino this season. And I find this sort of stunning. He's given up two home runs, one of which was the walk-off in Milwaukee against the lefty. Mm -hmm. The other one was the finale against the Dodgers. David Peralta hit a home run. Whatever. He had a three-run lead. Not a big deal. What if I told you those are the only two hits he's given up to lefties? Lefties are two for 14 with those two home runs against Adam Adovino, while righties have actually had more success. I think they're hitting right around 300. So very small sample size. Doesn't really mean anything other than it's an observation. He's actually had odd reverse splits this year. The only problem is one of the hits he gave up against the lefty was a walk-off. That's the only, you know, slight issue. But Adam Adovino has at least shown you, and I think what this tells me more than his struggles against righties, because that's irrelevant to me, I think the longer track record makes you feel good in that lane, is that you're comfortable using him against anybody. You'd ideally want to use him against right-handed hitters, but he has shown you he can get a lefty out. And Buck's been comfortable using him against lefties, and a part of it is they kind of have to because they only have one lefty in their bullpen in Brooks Raleigh. Rally, who's being used earlier in games. I corrected that. It's, it's, it's Rally. It is Rally. Rally. It's not Raleigh. It's Rally. Evan has one or two players a year in this town that he gets the name wrong, and I have to correct him over and over you again know, like I'm uh, his father. But you know who I got right all the time now? Who do you get? Oh, uh, that I used to never get right. Give me it. Luis Guillorme. Guillorme. I got it right now. Yes. I, I created a mononic, mononic, a mononic device. Oh, 
Mnemonic device? Mnemonic, I think. Mnemonic device? I think it's mnemonic, mnemonic device. I think it's mnemonic, but okay. I'm sure that people could tweet at us and uh, correct us. It's a device. Yes. <laughs> That's used. And now I never get it wrong. There's a Thibodeau. There's a Thibodeau. <laughs> Evan's very confused. I get very confused. Volpe, Volpe. But here's the bottom line. Adam Adovino. Buck calls him that, by the way. Adam Adovino. Like it's Vino, isn't it? I like Adam Adovino, the way he says it. Whatever you want to call him, he's been great. And so has this Met bullpen, especially in the finale of this series. Now. Let's go back to the opener. Game one of this series, Mets coming off a sweep of the Oakland Athletics. They're taking on the L.A. Dodgers. David Peterson's on the mound against Dustin May. And it was one of those wacky, wild West Coast games that will keep you up until 1 a.m. that more times than not will end up with a Dodger hitting a walk-off home run. That's, That's usually how these games go. And early on... Freddie Freeman's just destroying us. It's a home run in the first inning. It's a home run in the fifth inning. The Mets are down one nothing out of the gate. They come right back. Daniel Vogelbach hits a two-run homer. That's for all you Vogelbach haters. That's for Hoffman. Hoffman said he should have been DFA'd. He said, you know how you make room for Beatty? Get rid of Vogelbach. He's wrong. You're wrong. I'm not saying he's the answer, but you're not DFA'ing him. You keep him around. All right? He has some use. In fact, I have a mind-numbing stat about Daniel Vogelbach that I will present later on in the podcast. If I forget, please remind me. I wrote it down. Thank you. Vogelback hits the two-run home run. Mets retake the lead 2-1. to What does David Peterson do? With two outs ahead of the count on a guy who no one's heard of, Austin wins, their backup catcher. He's really their backup to their backup because their starting catcher, Will Smith's on the I.L. So Austin Barnes has filled in as the starter. Here's Austin wins now at the plate. Two on, two out. Peterson's ahead, one and two. Those are effing hanging slider, and wins just crushes it to right field to run double. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm the, that was the moment where I'm just like, I'm really going to stay up for this crap? Like, I'm literally going to stay up and watch this garbage. Dodgers take the lead. I'm convinced now Dustin May's going to settle down. I have an affinity for Dustin May. He's got beautiful red hair. The Mets rally. They get the first two on in the fourth. Jeff McNeil comes through with an RBI single. Daniel Vogelback makes really productive contact with an RBI ground out. And then Brett Beatty, our guy, in his second at-bat of the year, behind in the count, delivers RBI single. Mets are up 5-3. What does David Peterson do in the fifth inning after he gets the first two outs? Gives up a single to Mookie Betts. And then that son of a bitch, Freddie Freeman, hits a two-run home run. We can't get away from this guy. We have him with the Dodgers. We barely have to see his stupid face. We see him barely. And what does he do? First game against him in 2023, home run in his first at-bat, game-tying home run in his second at-bat. Very frustrating. Then you get the Max Muncy home run. And as far as Peterson still being in this game, so – Let's walk through it so we remind ourselves. Peterson gives up the bomb to Freeman, a lefty, by the way. It's now a 5-5 game. Mets don't score in the top of the sixth, even though they rally. Beatty struck out in a big spot. And now it's the bottom of the sixth inning. You've got Taylor, Muncy, and Vargas coming up against Peterson. The reason why I think I was okay with Peterson starting the inning, I'm not going to rip buck on this, is because I think they just were desperate for what I mentioned earlier, which is, can you give me a sixth inning? They don't have David Robertson available, so you could kind of pencil him away. Now, you do have Drew Smith, you do have Brooks Raley, you do have Adam Adovino, so it's not like you don't have anybody. 
But you do have one key reliever not available in this game. And the thought is, even though it's against four, five, six of the order, dude, I, I, I got to get another inning out of you. And he gets the first out on Taylor, and then he gives up that just, I mean, my, Max Muncie murdered a baseball. And that was the home run, if you recall, where the Dodgers stadium people decided to shut the lights off before the ball actually landed, which is a very dangerous thing. <laughs> That's like a new thing in baseball where they do the light shows in the middle of the game. And I don't like it in general because it gives it just makes me sick. Like, what are we doing? We're at a baseball game. Nah, it's pretty cool. I, I like it. I also like the organ player at Dodger Stadium. They're doing the yes. Star Wars stuff, yes. and they were doing the Catalina wine mixer late in the game. So I like that stuff. The lights, I don't know. They're trying to t- turn it into like an NHL game where there's a lot of stuff going on. As long as nobody gets hurt. That's well, it. If shutting... you do something dopey, like you thought uh, Devers got hit in the face today, he ended up not getting hit in yeah, the face. Yeah, in the Red Sox game, they did it in between innings, and Devers almost got hit with a baseball because the lights were Now, out. if Pete Alonso takes one to the dome and gets hurt, then I'll be pissed. I, I but otherwise, want... no. I, not that the Mets listen or the Mets care what my opinion is. Oh, I think those are actually both wrong, the bo- by the way. Oh, they do? They care? They 100% listen, and they 100% care. You are okay. the Pod Piper of Mets fans. All right, let me just say this, and I can't speak for all Mets fans. I'm only speaking for myself. Don't do this crap at City Field. Like, guy hits a home run, play music, do whatever. Don't do the light show. It's it's just, it, first of all, it gives me a headache. <laughs> I have to. So, Evan, the City Field that has an enormous scoreboard and all the stuff going on, doesn't yeah. think there's going to be a light show? There's going to be a trapeze act there by next season. I'm I mean, right. they're going to turn into the circus. I'm all right with the trapeze act. I'm okay with the uh, fireworks. Don't do the lights going off and going on. That's too much, man. There's too I- much going on with that. There's too much going on in general at baseball games. Like, I feel like, you know, and, and maybe we're different breeds, but, like, in between innings, I just want to talk and chat, and they always do these, like, contests. We were looking for Curtis Granderson, but well, you still get a T-shirt. You know what's funny about that? Let me just say real quick. I, I don't mind that. The key is don't make anything too loud because my big issue with Brooklyn Net Games and Nick Games is oh, the NBA. Oh, my God. Is I can't speak. Like, I can't. Like, if we go to a Nets game, forget the Knicks as much because I also sit right under a speaker at Barclays Center. We will not converse unless the game's going on. Because when the game isn't going on, I'm not screaming over it. Like, I'll lose my voice. You'll lose your voice, too. It's like, I can't speak, and I hate that. They've kept that fair at baseball games where it is music, but it's not crazy loud. So I don't mind those games as long as, like, it's not overwhelming. No, basketball's ridiculous. Oh. I mean, I like 50 Cent, but I don't need to hear him his music blasting as a guy's bringing the ball up the court. Too loud. All right, uh, so Peterson gives up the home run. They get through the inning, which I do appreciate. So they're down by a run, and then they rally in that seventh inning. And it was a beautiful, beautiful rally that started off in the most stunning way possible. I can't get over this. Like, I still can't believe this. It started with a base hit by Tomas Nito, of all people. <laughs> Tomas Nito and his 105 batting average starts a rally with a single. Only fitting considering the Dodgers had two runs driven in by Austin wins. So I guess it's only fair. Nimmo gets a hit. Marte gets a hit. Lindor has a productive out that drives in a run. Alonzo gets a hit. They can't break it open anymore, which was concerning, and they failed it with an opportunity in the eighth inning to break it open as well. But the Mets retake the lead, and then the bullpen does a tremendous, tremendous job. Really did. Brooks Raleigh pitches a, Brooks Raleigh pitches a clean seventh, Gets into trouble in the eighth inning. Drew Smith gets a king size out, as Gary Cohn says, striking out Miguel Vargas. And then Adovino gives you a clean ninth inning. That was a really good win. I always say West Coast wins feel a little bit better because if you're staying up until midnight, 
12.30, 1 a.m., it almost feels more important. When you put that kind of effort in to watch your team play a West Coast game, I really believe the losses sting more and the wins feel better. I do believe that. No, I agree with you on that, Evan. I felt that way like last night. Like I'm sitting here and the Mets are we're down like, you know, three nothing. They're 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 right there. It's like you're almost not that you're rooting against the Mets, you're not rooting against the Mets, but there's a part of you as it gets closer to midnight. Now I'm not like you, I don't have to get up early enough kids. I live down the block. But I'm sitting there, I'm like, if the Dodgers blow the game open at seven nothing, at least I go to bed. It puts yeah. me out of my misery. Yeah. But they kept you just there, close enough to where I had to watch this entire thing. It's one in the morning. That's the worst. And they lose. And they never, you know, got anything off the Dodgers last No night. doubt. And we'll get to game two in a second. Here's the one, and this was brought up to me on Twitter, and I have to admit, I didn't think much about it at the time. It's an interesting discussion that's further than this one just just one at bat. But it was brought up to me, and I I'll give the guy credit because he tweeted at me, and it was a it was a good thought. I got to go through all my tweets for a second. Hold on a second. Uh... And as Evan goes through his tweets, I'm going to break the fourth wall here. Evan has an unbelievable memory, the best memory in the history of sports talk radio. He doesn't remember every play. He is reading off a scorebook right Oh, no, now. I tell everybody. Oh, you, oh, you've told people that? Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering because I'm, I'm thinking, well, there's always new listeners. If you're a new listener to the Rico, Evan uh, writes down what happens. Absolutely. Scoring a game is the greatest thing in the world because you'll never forget what happened. And that's the reason why it's fantastic. Like, I can go back to a game. Obviously, this is just a few days ago, but I can go back a game 15 years. And I, you won't remember everything from 06, game seven, but you start reading that scorecard, you're like, holy crap, that happened. You're Crazy. Right. Holy crap, that yeah. happened. You're right. I think scoring is the greatest thing ever, and that's why when we do these shows where the Mets are on, the finale, Wednesday afternoon, Mets-Dodgers, Craig and I are on the air, and I don't score the game, I feel like a lost puppy dog. I really do. I it, It's very difficult.